Welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, last week we began a series on faith that I'd like to continue today. We started with Hebrews uh, 11 in verse 1, which says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And there are really three aspects of faith that we introduced last time that make up its definition. Uh, John Murray, as we saw, defines faith this way. He says, quote, Faith is knowledge passing into conviction, and it is conviction passing into confidence. And so there are really three components of faith that he introduces here. Uh, The first one is knowledge. The second one is conviction or assent. And the third is trust. And last week, we discussed the first one, which is knowledge. And this week, uh, I'd like to discuss the uh, second aspect, which is conviction or assent. Uh, Just briefly to summarize from last week, uh, we said uh, with regard to knowledge that Uh, You must know the object of your faith. Uh, Romans chapter 10 says that you cannot call on Christ unless you've heard the word. You have to hear the preaching of the word in order to uh, come to Christ. You have to have a certain amount of knowledge. You have to know certain facts about the gospel uh, if you are going to believe. And that I think seems uh, fairly fairly basic. We've got to know what we're going to believe in if we're going to believe in it. And so that's, uh, that's the first component is knowledge. But the second aspect uh, is conviction or assent. It is uh, belief. Uh, the question is this, do you believe the intellectual facts about the gospel to be true, or do you believe them to be false? Uh, if somebody hears the gospel preached and they do not believe it to be true, they say, I don't believe Jesus rose from the dead. I don't believe he was born of a virgin. I don't believe that that's true. Uh, Then they do not have this second aspect of faith. They don't have conviction. They don't believe that Jesus did what he said he's done. They don't believe in the word of God. Uh, A couple of passages that bring out this component of faith. 2 Timothy 1 in verse 12, Paul writes, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day which is that what has been entrusted to me. So Paul is convinced. It's this is talking about uh, a kind of faith that is more than just knowing facts. It is actually being convinced that those facts are true. Uh, He knows that Christ can do this. We might even say that there is an emotional element to this part of faith. We are persuaded in our hearts that this is true. Abraham is said to have this element of faith when he trusted in God's promise. Paul comments on this in Romans 4.21 when he says that Abraham was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. He was fully convinced. He knew. It wasn't just that he heard the information that God had given to him. He believed that God could do this. He, he, he needed no further convincing. He needed no more persuasion. God could do that which he promised. 
Abraham had the information, he had the knowledge, and secondly, he did not doubt that information. He believed that God could do what he said he could do. We also see this element of faith in Colossians 2, uh, the first two verses. Paul writes, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. So here Paul wants both the Laodiceans and the Colossians to have full assurance. He wants them to both know and to be persuaded. The writer of Hebrews also touches on this element of faith in Hebrews 1.22 when he challenges us to draw near to God. He says, let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith. We are to do more than simply know certain truths. We are to believe them to be true and to be persuaded that they are true. This aspect of faith says that uh, if I do cast myself upon Christ, he is a sufficient Savior and will most surely save me. I believe this to be true in my heart. I am convicted, I am convinced that this is true. This is as far as the demons go with their quote-unquote faith. In James chapter 2, we believe that even, or we read that even the demons believe and shudder. So the demons have knowledge about God, and they even believe that knowledge to be true. The demons do not go around saying, Boy, I I heard that Jesus died and rose again, but (laughs) I don't think that happened. No, they, they, they don't say that because they know it to be true. They actually believe it. So it's more than just the intellectual facts being Uh, spoken to them, they actually know and are persuaded that God can do that which he says he do. In fact, that's actually why they shudder in James chapter 2. They shudder because they believe in these theological truths, but their quote-unquote faith goes no further than that. There is a difference between believing that Christ is able to save me and actually trusting in him to save me. I've uh, shared this illustration with our church recently, uh, but I'll share it again here because I think it does really capture the distinction very well. Um, And I'm just going to read to you uh, a quote um, uh, of this story. Uh, But it says this, In the 19th century, the greatest tightrope walker in the world was a man named Charles Blondin. On June 30th, 1859, he became the first man in history to walk on a tightrope across Niagara Falls. Over 25,000 people gathered to watch him walk 1,100 feet, suspended on a tiny rope 160 feet above the raging waters. He worked without a net or safety harness of any kind. The slightest slip would prove fatal. When he safely reached the Canadian side, the crowd burst into a mighty roar. In the days that followed, he would walk across the falls many times. Once he walked across on stilts 
Another time he took a chair and a stove with him and sat down midway across, cooked an omelet, and ate it. Once he carried his manager across, riding piggyback, and once he pushed a wheelbarrow across, loaded with 350 pounds of cement. On another occasion, he asked the cheering spectators if they thought he could push a man across sitting a wheelbarrow. A mighty roar of approval rose from the crowd. Spying a man cheering loudly, he asked, Sir, do you think I could safely carry you across in this wheelbarrow? Yes, of course. Get in, the great Blondin replied with a smile. The man refused. Uh, did the man in this illustration have correct knowledge? Yes. He saw Blondin take the wheelbarrow across and perform great feats. He knew that Blondin was the object of faith. He was not believing in another man. He was believing in this man. He knew the object of his faith. So he had knowledge. Secondly, he had assent. Uh, he had conviction. When, when Blondin asked if he believed he could take him across, he said, or he, let's say it this way, he never said, boy, I'll believe that when I see it. I don't think you can do that. No, he didn't say that. He actually did believe that it could be done. He had seen it, and he believed it. But he missed the third aspect of faith, which is trust. He failed to act on it. It's, it's like saying that you believe the chair will hold you up, but you never sit down on it. People will begin to wonder whether you truly and genuinely do believe it will hold you up. You must have trust if you're going to have real faith. You must actually place your faith in. You must put your trust on this person of Christ. You must do more than simply believe that you can rest in Christ, you must actually yourself rest in Christ. And by God's grace, we'll pick up and touch on this third aspect of faith next week. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.